Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath June 19th, we look at Lesson 12, Covenant Faith. Together we will see how the just shall live by faith, but also how faith is the key to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, uh, back for another week. Excited about this one. Lesson 12, Covenant Faith. Uh, Memory text comes from Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Mm. And uh, we're talking about covenant faith today. Yeah. And this uh, Sunday's lesson actually starts off a little bit different. It's a it's an Ellen White quote from uh, Testimonies of uh, for the Church, Volume Two, Page Two Thirteen. So tell us a little bit about Reflections of Calvary, Michael. Yeah, and, and before I get into this Ellen White quote, I, I can't help but, uh, you know, being a church historian, uh, yeah. the just shall live by faith, remind our listeners about the story of Martin Luther, ah, uh, yes. you know, and, and he was there in Rome trying to make himself better before God yes. and repentance and all of this stuff. And he's going up what was reported to be Pilate's stair- staircase on his knees, kissing each step and praying and, and earning an indulgence, as it was called back then. And uh, he's doing that. And then the words of this text began to echo in his mind, the just shall live by faith. By faith. Exactly. And, um, and that was a transformational turning point in his life. So this, is, this text is, is just phenomenal in how it's impacted people throughout Christian history. And, and, and I'd just be remiss if I didn't just remind her <laughs> a little, little church history today. Well, This is why we're Protestants, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, reflections on Calvary and um, this quotation, I'm going to read it at the end that you alluded to. um, The scenes of Calvary call for the deepest emotion. Mm. Upon this subject, you will be excusable if you manifest enthusiasm. That <laughs> there we go, right? That doesn't belong in Adventism. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, this doesn't sound like Ellen White. It's, it's Pentecostal. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> hey, causing trouble here. In manifest enthusiasm. Um, wow, that Christ so excellent, so innocent should suffer such a painful mm. death, bearing the weight of the sins of the world. Our thoughts and imaginations can never fully comprehend. Mm. The length, the breadth, the height, the depth of such amazing love we cannot fathom. And the contemplation of the matchless depths of a Savior's love should fill the mind, touch and melt the soul, refine and elevate the affections, and completely transform the whole character. Amen. You know, what's interesting is this is from volume two of the testimonies. This is actually early on. So some people want to try to make the case that our pioneers or even Ellen White wasn't, they weren't really Christ-centered or something like that. <laughs> now, I will acknowledge that they certainly grew in depth and intensity of, of their own spiritual experience. Of course, as I, I pray we all do. Yeah, and after 1880, you see a strong emphasis of Christ-centered emphasis in Ellen White's ministry and so on. But, but I think this goes to show very early on Ellen White 
um, she was passionate about Jesus and his sacrifice for us, that this is central to what Adventism is all about. So, uh, you know, with that being said, I I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, such a beautiful and profound thought to think about that um, Christ's sacrifice, that, that it's good for us. And another place, Ellen White says that it could be good for us to spend a thoughtful hour. hour each day. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that I think that's true for each of us to, to not, you know, last week we were talking about how uh, not allowing things to become kind of uh, commonplace or perfunctory, you know, that just become, and, and keeping that relationship alive and, I think really that's that's the center focus is 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 um, as as Adventists as Christians is remembering um, Christ's sacrifice for us um, not just at Easter or you know certain times of the year but but each and every day yeah 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 uh, well that kind of comes to the covenant and sacrifice um, how that relates to this um, Buster Phyllison. You know, uh, Michael, as you were just expressing, um, mm. the emotional enthusiasm mm-hmm. and the thoughtful hour each day just reminds me of uh, Life and Teachings uh, mm. semester. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I was a student here, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Peterson actually gave us that, and we had to memorize it and write it out word for word. Did you really? Now I just take out 10 words, and they have to fill in the word banks, right? And oh, they Buster, still don't always soft. get it right. I know. <laughs> but they're still failing it. I don't know what else to do, right? Oh, <laughs> but uh, hopefully I'm praying that that stays mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Uh, they just say, you know what, if I don't have anything else to mm-hmm. do, turn off the television, turn off the cell phone, and mm-hmm. think about the life of Christ. Yeah. And even better yet, communicate with Christ wow. himself, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it brings us to this uh, thought, the covenant sacrifice, mm. and it's their revised standard version. I'm mm-hmm. going to read this. Yeah. First uh, Peter 1, 18 and 19, you know that you were ransomed from the futile ways of an inherited from your fathers. Not with the perishable things, such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Mm. You can't buy <laughs> what we've received from God. Yeah. Uh, not all the, listen here, the sinlessness, all the sinlessness in the mm-hmm. world, yeah. all the gold, silver, you can't. Mm. It was the precious blood of Christ. Yeah. The actually, the 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 most costly substance in all of creation throughout the entire mm. universe, mm. throughout all eternity, wow. right? Yeah. Uh, so, so it says, what does Peter mean uh, here when it says that we were ransomed? Yeah. Well, it gets into it a little bit later that the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Just, just no getting around it. Yeah. I wish there's a way that we could stop death from coming, but it's coming for all of us uh, one way or the other. But hopefully uh, the most important death we're going to talk about is not the, not the physical death, but hopefully, spiritually, we die to ourselves so that we can live in Christ, because that ransomed is, we're even though we are even though we are affected by sin, we should not we don't have to die in our sins. Mm. That we have the ransom that saves us from our sins mm-hmm. for eternity uh, yeah. and uh, eternal inheritance, as we talked about it in last week's lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then First John five eleven and thirteen. Uh, it goes a little bit deeper, uh, but this notion, I, I love First John 5, 12, which it doesn't actually mention it, but but uh, whoever has the Son of God has life. Whoever does not, does not have life, right? But, yeah. but 11, right before it says, God has also said that he gave us eternal life, 
and that this life comes to us from his son and 13 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all you have uh, all of you have faith in the son of god and i've written to let you know that you have eternal life we have this assurance of salvation because yeah. of the yeah. covenant that we have with god through mm-hmm. the life death and resurrection of jesus christ and basically this is the gospel message yeah yeah. Uh, I have the gospel cord that swoops through the life, death, and, and sacrifice, and resurrection of Christ. Yeah. All can be mm-hmm. saved. And, and, and kind of talking just a little bit also, and, and again, I, I can't help uh, this episode throwing in some church history again. Please. But um, Origen, um, the early church father, he's the one that's usually credited with this whole ransom theory. In, in theology class we go through, here's all the different ways that people have thought about the atonement. And I always like to ask a trick question to my students. So any future students, I'm, I might be giving away a, a future quiz here. Hey, hey, but, which, you guys are writing it down. Yeah, which, which is the best uh, or most biblical or some kind of idea, which is the preferred understanding of the atonement, right? Uh, and, and, and when they start looking down, here's you know the five or six different views of how people have understood. Um, usually people frequently will choose the ransom theory as one of their top choices, mm. uh, but it's actually a trick question because the the atonement is so complex it encompasses so much that there's no one perfect view no. of the atonement no. but but the early church fathers tried to sort that out you know they're trying they to did. figure out what does that mean they wrestled and with there's it. so much depth to that and the ransom is probably the best known of the different theories of the atonement popularized by gregory of nisa and um you know augustine these yes. these early church fathers but but um but really uh it, it just provides so much more complexity um and yes jesus ransomed us from sin mm. uh, all of these different things um that that all of all of these theories of the atonement um give depth to our understanding of of what adventism is all about yeah i i, I love that michael and uh kind of uh brings it home the talk of the faith of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Uh, and speaking about that that term ransom, mm-hmm. uh, we can't get away from this. I will say this. There's uh, some views of the sacrifice that I, I can't get away with uh, or that I, I can't let slip by without mentioning them. Some people say, well, it was just an example for us. No. Yeah. Uh, you can't run away from the word propitiation, right? Yeah, that's a tongue uh, twister right there. It, it is. It <laughs> is. But when you look deeper yeah. into this, mm-hmm. you realize that there had to be blood that was that was shed, and the blood of Christ was the one that was shed for us. Uh, and so, as we're getting here to Tuesday's lesson, as we're mm-hmm. transitioning over here, I, I want the the uh, the congregation, the audience, to listen to this yeah. and understand this that. I, I would love for my life to be good enough, but it's not. But God has said the life of Christ is, and I accept God at his word by faith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and accept his His, his uh, sacrifice for, for my own. Yeah. Uh, and so tell us a little bit more about the faith of Abraham. Part yeah. One. Uh, Genesis 15, verse 6, the classic text here, he believed, that's Abraham and the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Mm. Uh, and, and by the way, this comes back to Luther again, right? Uh, Luther had misunderstood what this concept of righteousness is. He thought this was something that he would obtain himself instead of it being something that is a gift from God. And so, um, yeah, this, this is a, you know, and, and by the way, we, we can't be too hard on the early uh, or the mi- medieval church um, because part of that has to do with the mistranslation of the text into Latin, which clearly gives it more of that. And, and, and I say this because how we understand uh, scripture 
matters. How we interpret the Bible matters. And and part of what's revolutionary about the Reformation, since we were talking about Luther in this episode, is his commitment to study the Bible in the original languages, uh, the original Greek, the original Hebrew, because the process of translation, whether it's into Latin or English, is not infallible. It's not It's not the fact that it's been translated. And anybody that's bilingual or trilingual or whatever has probably experienced where Uh, you know, in in the process of trying to communicate with somebody else, the communication didn't quite go the way you thought it would. And and so the the medieval church, they were having trouble grasping the sense of what is righteousness, um, this idea of right doing. Um, But it's a gift from God. It's it's a, a natural consequence of a relationship with God. You will want to do things. It's a uh, uh, the the love of Christ compels us. Uh, that doesn't mean it forces us. It means that what it does is it um, we we desire. It, compelling means to uh, that desiring or the idea of momentum pushing one to do something. Uh, it motivates us. You know. It does. Um, and that's what this is really talking about. Christ and his righteousness. And in this case, for Abraham. Um, it was credited to him for righteousness. It was Christ's righteousness credited to both Abraham and, uh, by extension, to you and me. Amen. And Amen. so, really, that's what's going on. But uh, we're going to continue this a little bit more. Yeah. So, the faith of Abraham, part two on Wednesday's lessons, talking about this this term a little bit more uh, reckoned, right? Um, but here, it, it asks us to read uh, Leviticus 17, verse 1 through 4. I'm going to read that. For us, and the Lord spoke uh, spoke to Moses, speak to Aaron and to his sons and to all the children children of Israel, say and say to them, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying, whatever man of the house of Israel who kills an ox or a lamb or a goat in the camp or kills it outside of the camp and does not bring it to the door of the tabernacle of meeting to offer an offering to the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord. The guilt of the bloodshed shall be imputed to that man. He has shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from among the pe- from it, from among his people. And uh, the reason why it's important to read this is because this is not cheap grace we're talking about. We're not talking about, oh, righteousness by faith, so therefore I get to do whatever it is I want to do, and right. God's going to save me because the sacrifice, the blood of Christ is so strong. Mm-hmm. There's still responsibility on our part. Uh, and that responsibility is to live, not only, it's not just living a correct life, but it's to be in a correct relationship with Jesus Christ. It's wow. not taking his sacrifice for granted. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so in the old, in the old covenant, right, mm-hmm. when this animal's blood was shed mm-hmm. and they had to offer a proper sacrifice before the Lord, if they did not, then it was imputed unto him, right, that he is committed this bloodshed. And we are guilty of the bloodshed of Christ when we take for granted the sacrifice of Christ. And I, I want us to share that, which is mm. this relationship that God has with us is comes at a price. Mm-hmm. And that price is I'm willing to say your way, God is better than my way, which is not meaning that I will live a perfect sinless life. But what it does mean is saying you will be Lord of my life and my obedience comes uh, after my faith, right? Mm. Yeah. Because I love you, because you first love me, I will live my life for you. I will alter my steps to follow mm-hmm. in your word. And yeah. hopefully you continue to show me the better way. Mm-hmm. And as we spend time dwelling on this, this thought of righteousness by faith, I, I love what the lesson says here at the bottom paragraph. Mm-hmm. It says here, 
Yet it is not our faith that makes us, uh, it's faith itself that makes us righteous. Rather, faith is the vehicle by which we obtain uh, the gift of righteousness. I like that. Yeah. And so it, it's the driving thought. Mm-hmm. It's not our faith that saves us. Mm-hmm. It is the driving factor towards receiving the righteousness of Christ as our own. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, Michael, we talked about it uh, last week. We talked a little bit, a little bit about today. But uh, talk to us about about rest, resting on the promises. Thursday's lesson. Absolutely. Well, first of all, the lesson tells a story that I actually had not seen or heard of before. Uh, I mean, I I knew of the person, Cardinal Bellarmine, Mm -hmm. uh, who is one of the leading Catholic thinkers of the 16th century. So during the Council of Trent, he was one of the kind of leaders of of that uh, process, um, that important church council in Catholic history. I guess I never thought I would see his name in a Sabbath school quarterly. (laughs) 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 And so anyways, the story as it's told here is that as he lay dying and they tried to bring him all these crucifixes and holy relics and stuff, and he says, take it away. I think it's safer to trust in the merits of Christ. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think about all these other things. um, And for us as Adventists, it could be, you know, our lifestyle, you know, what we do, what we don't do, health message, dress reform, you name it, how we keep the Sabbath, all of those things are important. But uh, at the end of the day, they they lose their significance unless they are connected to Christ. Uh, they are vehicles, just like faith, um, in the sense that uh, the, the we don't do them in order to achieve salvation. We, we do them as a result of our relationship because... Um, because we are saved, um, we those kinds of things matter. Anyway, some beautiful promises here. Psalm 34, verse 8. Uh, oh, taste and see. Uh, good. Yeah, yes. isn't that a beautiful promise? I mean, mm-hmm. um, and again, we, we kind of talked about this from time to time, but uh, for our listeners, just want to remind them, you know, remind you, and, and, and I guess it goes for me too, you know, that um, it's not good enough to have someone else's experience um, and to go through the emotions. We have to earnestly, um, and we do that on our knees, and and that you know can be however that works for you. Yes. You know, it could be quietly going on a walk out in nature, or it could be you and God alone in the car while you're driving to work. Um, but uh, it, it looks differently for everybody. But but taste and see for yourself. Um, Engage with scripture. Yes. And and be real with God. Tell God what's going on in your life and um and, and communicate. And and so that's that's that tasting and seeing, you know. Um and when you do, you will see God's goodness uh for you and for me. Uh we see it, uh those his mercies are new every morning, as scripture morning, says. Yes. Uh, Matthew 11, verse 30, another beautiful promise for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's not saying you're not going to have challenges and difficulties, but um, when you know that Christ is going to take care of you and take you through whatever uh, circumstances you ha- may, challenges that you may have, um, that takes that that pressure off. You know that you can trust in Jesus to, to take you through um, and, and instead of doing it in your own strength. And, and that just makes all the difference. Um, and then Romans 5.1, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, last week's episode, we talked about this sanctuary equals rest. Mm. Um, there's just some something amazing when you can actually be in relationship with God. It's true. Uh, that 
takes all of that other stress away. And there, there's something to that, that, that mental and emotional, the whole person, God wants all of you, um, that, that, um, that the, the weight of guilt and sin and all those other kinds of things that can just weigh you down. When you have that relationship with Jesus, he wants to take all that stuff away. Mm. And, um, and that brings a sense of peace a sense of assurance. And, and by the way, I think, you know, Buster, this is one of the things I've noticed as a pastor over the years where I think as Adventists, we struggle a lot. Yeah, we do. With assurance. Assurance of faith. What yeah, does that mean? Assurance of salvation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, do we really have, I, I can't tell you how many times I've held people's hands, have been my church members, you know, and, and they're finally, you know, on their, on their deathbed and they just... I don't know. I don't have know. I been good enough? You know, have I, have I confessed all my sins. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking you're you've been the Dorcas leader. You've been an elder, or you know, I mean, some very faithful Adventists paying their tithe and in church every week. And I'm thinking, well, you you've been a model Christian from the standpoint of everyone else, and yet. Um, at that moment of truth, you know, at the very end, and they're like, well, I just don't know. And you just have to remind them, hold their hand, says, trust Jesus. Amen. It really is that simple. And, and and so many times I've seen people, and then just that, that re- they needed that final reminder then they, and they then be able to, to breathe their last, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what Christ wants for us, but not just at the very end. No. He wants it to be there all the way through, yeah. that we can have that assurance. And Ellen White even says, we can we can know with certainty, and, with, with, and she's talking about assurance here, that we are saved. That's not we, to be presumptuous, but that yeah. is to say, in relationship, we can have a confidence and assurance. Which is why we have to erase the notion of workspace salvation. This and it, is and true. It's something that we as Adventists have fought fought with, right, and struggled mm-hmm. with. And listen, here, I understand faith without works is dead, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes we put the cart before the before the horse and it's say, true. "Well, faith with the, uh, you know works precedes the faith." No, mm. the faith comes first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the justification comes first, right? Yeah. Uh, and so. So let's not forget that you cannot work your way into heaven. You cannot yeah. work your way into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. His works have already paid the way. Yeah. And his works eventually become yours as you allow him into your heart. Love it. Well, Philippians 2, 7 to 8 is our last verse. And this is talking about Jesus mm. who takes the form of a servant in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself becoming by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on oh, a cross. Yeah. And... Um, I think it's a good way to kind of wrap up this lesson for this week because, um, you know, when we have that uh, relationship, when we have that assurance, when we have that that peace, all the different things we've been talking about, um, ultimately God's love is a self-emptying love, the selflessness. And so uh, what that does is it seeks out the good in others. It It does. It says instead of what can I do to get ahead? You know, says, what can I do to help my brother or sister get ahead? How can I make their life better? How can I help point them to Jesus? Putting the welfare and interests of those, even those who dislike you and yes. may not even do, may be unkind to you and everything else. And, and that's what God's love is all about. It breaks down barriers, yeah. racial barriers, political barriers. Doesn't matter. It uh, doesn't, yeah, it, it, whatever. Uh, it just breaks down barriers, that self-emptying love of Christ. And if we can do that, we will rest in the promises of God. And that's what it means to have covenant faith. Amen. And you know what? I just like to end with the saying of this, which is, don't forget about verse five. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus, right? Mm, The mm. same kind of self-sacrificing love that Mm -hmm. he had for his disciples, for everyone he came in contact with. It's the same kind of love we're supposed to have for our fellow brothers and sisters, even our fellow enemies Mm -hmm. as we come across them, right? 
Absolutely. Uh, and hopefully we, we have this kind of love that he has for us. Beautiful. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week. So this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.